Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. That's right, you guys heard the new intro. We are branding this season, season three, episode one, Christians with Torah. We really, really, really want you guys to catch on. Our third season. That's right, man. Can you believe it? Three seasons. This is awesome. This is is Beit Tehillah Community's 21st Torah cycle. That's right. Yep. We're going they, to our 21st tour cycle. They started the tour cycle at the beginning of the tour cycle at Bear Sheet in 1999. What a good year. And, and we just finished the 2019 uh, tour cycle, and we're going into the 2020 tour cycle. So that's very, very exciting stuff. Um, man, and I'll tell you what. Uh, we had our Simcut Torah celebration last night. We danced with the Torah. Let me just tell you that uh, everybody from Beit Tehillah that was involved in the whole, you know, all, all the feast days, all, all these fall feast days from Yom Teruah, Yom Kippur, all of the services that we've had during Tabernacles, um, whether it's the dance team or the media or, you know, the pastors and the preaching. And I, I just, man, my heart is so full. We had such an awesome week of Tabernacles here at Beit Tehillah. Um, I just, I just pray that, um, you know what, you know what I pray? We read the Torah portions. We do this every week. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff, including in the Torah portion we're going to study today, right? Bear sheep. There's a lot of stuff that we can get into. Uh, but I pray that people live this out, you know? Just the idea that somebody would tell me that, oh, Tabernacles is done away with. You don't have to do that anymore. When, man, we're just having such an awesome time worshiping the Lord and partying and just having a good time and literally celebrating the Word of God on Simchat Torah. Man, I just, I couldn't ask for more. I'm just so thankful to God for the revelation of the relevance of Torah, the relevance of the feast days the relevance of the Sabbath, um, and just how it's impacted my life and how I know that it's impacting people's lives uh, that are listening to this podcast. It's probably why you're listening to this podcast. So very, very exciting stuff. Did you have good good tabernacles? Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. It was, man. It was it was really great. And so um, as you guys kind of probably heard, if you listened to the last few episodes of the podcast, um, we've ended now the Torah cycle at Deuteronomy. And, uh, and, and last night we had a big celebration of reading the last few verses of Deuteronomy, reading the first few verses of, of Genesis, uh, and now we are going into our new tour cycle. So this is it, folks. I mean, uh, the train has left the station. We are, we're going for it. Are you ready? We are. We are hitting it. We are hitting it. All right, so we are studying the Torah portion Bereshit, which is in the beginning, and this can be found in the book of Genesis, starting in chapter 1 and verse 1 and ending in chapter 6. And verse 8. So once again, the book of Genesis is, of course, the book of beginnings. It is the book of beginnings. And there are, of course, 50 chapters found in the book of Genesis. And uh, just to break it down for you, we have, of course, uh, chapters 1 through 10 uh, have, of course, the race as a whole. Uh, This is a uh, uh, the race as a whole chapters 1 through 10. Uh, we have God's creation and everything, the creation, the fall, the flood, the birth of nations. And then, of course, from chapter 12 all the way through chapter 50, we have the family of Abraham. That's right, the mishpacha, 
the family of Abraham. Remember that if you are in Christ, then you are the seed of Abraham. And of course, we have, of course, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and even Joseph. Uh, some interesting characters there. The the founding um, of the house of Israel here. Incredible things happening. Uh, once again, a key phrase is, these are the generations of. These are the generations of. So once again, we're going to get into the book of Genesis and just topically hit some points here that we think are very interesting and important. Uh, of course, time doesn't permit us to be uh, exhausted on all these points, but we want to bring out some things that, uh, that, that we have learned over the years of studying Torah for 20 years, things that I have learned and discovered, and I'd like to share them with you. Uh, I'm actually, uh, I love to listen to podcasts about history. Um, I'm listening to some podcasts right now about the Roman civilization and the, and the Greeks and different things. And I find it fascinating. I love history, but, uh, we're going to get into it. We're going to go back and, and have a little history lesson here. And we're going to begin by having Ryan read Genesis chapter one, verses one and two. All right. Uh, do you want them in Hebrew or in English? Uh, let's do English. Okay. All right. So it says here, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Wow. So in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. There it is. Boom. Not evolution, not the Big Bang Theory. Here we have, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So as we develop this story of creation, uh, we have a we have of course a uh, a creator, and we are the creation. Uh, we need to be reminded of that. So once again, we have the six days of creation found in Genesis chapter one and verse one, all the way through verse thirty-one. So here we have it, just to break it down for you. The first day we have, of course, light. The second day we have sky and water. On the third day, land and seas. And on the fourth day, the sun, moon, and stars. On the fifth day, the fish and the birds. On the sixth day, we have the animals and man. And something else that we like to note here, that days are determined from evening to evening here. Uh, days are determined from evening to evening. You can see that for yourself. And... Uh, Looking at the story of creation, we can find something that I think you're going to find very interesting right out of the gate. Uh, something that I discovered as I was reading the story of creation for all these years. Uh, in Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 through 18, we have the fourth day. And this is actually a good pattern to follow. We're going to have it actually God said, He made, He set, and He saw. Now, we don't need to read those verses, but once again, on the fourth day, God uh, Here's a good pattern to follow. Once again, God said, he made, he set, and he saw. That's right. You know, so speaking is so important, you know, uh, whatever you speak comes towards you. So uh, I have uh, actually four examples here that I'd like to share with you real quick here. In this particular example, uh, the founding of Beit Tehila. Okay, uh, just a quick example here. Uh, the Dreyer family, we're discovering things in the Bible. Why aren't we doing these things? And Shabbat and the feast days and even going to Israel and all these cool things. And so once again, they, they said, they said, hey, you know what? Why aren't we doing these things? Well, then they, they made a place uh, to meet, which was the living room. So they said, hey, okay, we're going to start doing these things. And so they made the living room, the sanctuary, the church, the early church there, and uh, or the early fellowship hall. And then, of course, they set it up, you know. So they moved some stuff around so that we can dance and worship and do some things. And guess what? And we saw it. 
Yeah. You know, I got to be a part of that. Uh, but yeah, so 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 we get to we get to see it. Uh, the next example of God said, made, set, and saw is, of course, our yearly conferences that we did, uh, which is, of course, in the summertime. We did 10 years of uh, Hebrew Roots conferences and uh, the restoration of the, you know, of the Tabernacle of David conference. And so, once again, uh, it was said among the Dreyer family, hey, why aren't we teaching the Hebrews of the Christian faith to, to those in the community? We could have a conference after the spring feasts and get everybody ready for the fall feasts. And we could teach the feasts and the arts and the Torah and how you're grafted in and all these cool things. And so they said it. Well, they made it. We, we met in a hotel. We've met at the Embassy Suites. We've met at the Hyatt, uh, the Double Tree, and so they you made. You even it. met in Plant City at the place where I was married. Interesting. On the Plant, same year I was married. Well, Plant City. I mean, we didn't actually the, do a conference the, in Plant yeah, City. Yeah, it was the Red Rose, but right? Oh, you did, did a Passover. We did a Passover That's there. That's right. But once again, so we had to set it up. So we had trucks, and we had to bring over all of our stuff and our props and our outfits and all the cool things that we need to do the conference with. And a stage was set up and lighting. And then you can see it because we have the DVDs. So once again, these are these are two examples. Uh, also, the third example is raising up the next generation. So we've set it, we're, we're making it, we're setting it up, and we're seeing it even as we're sharing on this podcast. Uh, last but not least, our fourth example is the restoration and the regathering of the whole house of Israel. Boom. Amen. The Orthodox Jews are coming from Israel. They're coming here to visit us. We're having mutual respect and extending a hand and in, in, in mutual respect and love. And so cool things. Things are happening. Once again, God said, made, set, and saw. So begin that process in your own life. What are you speaking? What are you making? What are you setting up that you can see? That's right. Because here's the saying. Do not speak things unless you want to see the desired results. Yeah. So do not speak things unless you want to see the desired results. So as we move along here. Well, hang on, hang on. I you got. Wanna, you want to interject I something got, here? I got just one little thing that I want to point cool, out. because we got to get into... Uh, the creation of man. Well, yeah. Listen, the pinnacle of creation. That's it. You know, which happened on uh, June 18th, 1986. Um, wow. <laughs> which was the day I was born. Right? Oh, you're still a spring baby. Uh, exactly. Well, you didn't I'm make summer. it to summer. Ooh, you're right. You didn't make you're it right. to I, summer. I barely missed the which cut. Which is good. Spring's better. You know, I, I agree with See? that. I agree Thank with God that. God for those. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> that birthday. So um, the first verse in the Bible, right? So Bereshit... Um, God speaks creation to into existence. There's a couple of things. So in the Hebrew, it says, Bereshit bara Elohim et hashamayim ve'et ha'aretz, right? Which is, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's how it's translated. But in the middle here is the et, which is the aleph and the tav. And, you know, a lot of times people want to know, like, uh, how does it work with John 1, 1, right? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God and the deity of Yeshua, and and where was Yeshua in the midst of the creation account? Well, well, he's right here. If you ever look at, like, say, uh, uh, an interlinear uh, Bible or something like that, you'll notice that, you know, Bereshit means in the beginning, right? Bereshit, which is in the beginning. Bara created Elohim, God. And then you have this et right there in the middle, which has, like, a little line. There's, there's just no translation for the et. Uh, and then it says the heavens and the earth, right? Hashamayim ve'et, um, and then ha'aretz. So this et here, the aleph and the tav. If we go all the way to the last chapter in the Bible, uh, chapter twenty-two of Revelation, verses twelve and thirteen, it says, "And behold, I come quickly." And this is Yeshua speaking. My reward is with me to give every man according to his work shall be. I 
am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. So Alpha and Omega are the first and last letters in the Greek alphabet, but he also gives you the first and the last, right? And so it's it's here. Yeshua is right here in the midst of creation, all the way in the very first verse of the Bible. And so, you know, to me, that's just, it just cries out for, hey, notice me. And what's interesting also is this, this et, I want to say it's in there like thousands yeah, of times. Top, yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Thousands of times. It's, in, it's amazing. In the quote unquote Old well, Testament. that's a whole other teaching. Oh, itself. of course. Yeah, I know. That I know. is an incredible revelation. It is. But I think people should, should just be aware that, you know, there's things in the original language that we miss if if we're just reading in the English, right? And so it, it's important to kind of study these things out and, and learn from them. Not, not get too crazy, right? But, That's it. But, but learn. Well, let's look at the sixth day. And Ryan is going to read, of course, uh, Genesis. I'm going to have him read Genesis chapter 1. I do believe, uh, let's say, look at, uh, let's go ahead and read verses 26 uh, to 28. All right, here we go. It says chapter in- 1, verses 26 through 28. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Wow. So let us make man in our image. So our is plural. We talk about the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image. Of course, we know there are angels and everything. Uh, and, And, you know, the question is, everyone, that God is a creator, so they're digging up incredible things out of this earth, all kinds of creatures and and beasts and beings and things. But, you know, as far as the Homo sapien goes, we're the only ones that can reason. We're the only ones that are, of course, made in God's image. Think about that, everyone. You are made in the image of God and his likeness. Very, very interesting. I mean, I I think it's interesting. So, uh, of of course, as we keep moving on here, we we see some... uh, uh, Incredible things as well. We see, of course, here that uh, he, he created the male and female. He said to them, uh, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, mm-hmm. you know, and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So the homo sapien is the chief of everything. So the first commandment was to go and multiply. The first commandment was to go and multiply, amen? And so that's a, that's a very important thing there to remember when it comes to mishpachah and to families. God wants good seed. He wants righteous seed, a holy seed in the earth, and we're going to get into that as well. And also, uh, God any wants thoughts us, on that, Ryan? Yeah, God, you know, about this first commandment, it's interesting that man um, is, is called to be productive, right? So it says, be fruitful and multiply, but that's to be productive, to, that we're not here just wasting space, that we're called that's here... That's right, be creative. ...to be creative, to do things. It even says, replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion. I mean, this is, this is you know, uh, divine order being laid out for us by God, right? From the Creator Himself saying, hey, this is the way that I intend for creation to be. Not for it to be upside down or backwards or anything like that, and not for it to be changed, but to be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. Um, I think a lot of people, um, you know, can can take that and, and make twist it to mean whatever they want, but you know, nevertheless, we are called to have dominion over the earth, absolutely, and and, and dominion over our lives. 
And as we progressively move on here, let's check out, uh, we're still in Genesis chapter 1, verse 29. Go ahead and read that, Ryan. It says, And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. So here we have vegetarians. Yeah. We were vegetarians in the beginning. You know, uh, every herb bearing seed, you know, this was this was our food. So they were not eating meat back then, you know, not 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 flesh, okay? So they were uh, given every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree. You know, and there's a saying, you are what you eat. And yeah. that could be scary. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be walking around looking like a cheeseburger. Well, just don't be a pig. You know? Don't be a pig. Or a shrimp. Yeah, or a shrimp. But think about it. You are what you eat. <laughs> That's right. So that's why, you know, if, if you eat living food, you live. You eat dead food, and you're dead. That's right. You know, so that's why it's good to have salads and vegetables and all those things. So just a little uh, health advice there for you. And um, so here we have, of course, uh, this particular uh, portion of Scripture. And as we delve down here, we're going to go right into <gasps> Genesis chapter 2. And Ryan is going to read uh, verses 2 and 3 of Genesis chapter 2. We're moving forward in our subject matter here for you to think about. Yep, these verses are near and dear to my heart. It says, And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. Wow, this is great. So once again... We have the Shabbat. We have the Sabbath. And of course, I've circled this. Uh, he sanctified it. He set it apart. Yeah. This is before the Torah was even given. The oral Torah or the Torah on stone tablets or, or anything like that. Uh, and of course, it's Friday evening to Saturday evening is the Shabbat. And it's, of course, on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. So we would consider this a principle. Here's the principle. It's interesting, you know, I don't have time to get into it, but a lot of people are trying to pick their Sabbaths. You know, mine's Wednesday or mine is Sunday, you know. Well, the Shabbat, the Sabbath is Friday night to Saturday night. It's always been that, and it's not changed. So once again, six days you work, seventh day is sanctified and set apart. People ask me all the time, and this is for those of you that are listening, well, Pastor Nick, what should I do on the Shabbat Friday night with my family? Listen, first of all, you're building memories. You're around the table, you're together. Uh, this is what we do. You know, we, we do the blessing, we have some liturgy and some things, and we, we sing Shabbat Shalom. We have a great meal, and then afterwards we go in the living room and we read the Torah portion. So that's our little ritual of the plumber family that we get ready for the, for the, for the next day or whatever, get baths and all that. But the thing is, you know, uh, it's a day that is sanctified and set apart. So like we're not on our devices, we're not watching TV, you know, and so that's just the things that we do to, to set it apart. It's got to be a day that is set apart. What's, what's making this day different that you're trying to teach your kids, you know, that we don't normally do for those, you know, for that one day? That we would normally do on six days. So that's my advice to those of you that are listening. You know, don't be a Sabbath terrorist. But you know, some people like to eat off of fine china. Some yeah. people like paper plates. So it's, it's according to you know how you want to work that out. You know, personally, uh, or if you want to just dress casually or dress up. I mean, but the, but the thing is, you know, you're building memories. So when you're sitting around the table for Shabbat, you know, um, you know, uh, you can actually give praise reports and do some different things. But uh, any thoughts on that, Ryan? Yeah, our family, we do something similar. Um, I would say that every Shabbat, 
uh, no, no two services are alike. We say that here at Beit Tehila. I would say no, no two Shabbats are alike, but the, the Shabbat is always set apart and different from the rest of the week. Um, you know, one of the prayers uh, that we say when we open the Shabbat for us as a family, um, and this is not some liturgy that I have, it's kind of something that just started happening over time and, and then kind of just became consistent, was just, you know, thank you, God. Um, for getting us through this week, right? For bringing us to this this point, and just the blessing of of entering into the Shabbat. That you know, the Sabbath was not made for man, or no, man was not made for the Sabbath. But the Sabbath was made for man. So it's a gift from God down. to us, right? For us to stop and and enjoy the fruit of our labor, right? So you labor six days, and then you get to the Shabbat, and now you're home with the family. You know, a lot of people um, are still trying to work out. You know, getting home and 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 not having to work on the on the Sabbath because we do live in in Babylon on, so to speak. Um, but our our family, we we enjoy the Sabbath, um, you know, with very small children, uh, the, the prayers and the liturgy. Sometimes we have a, a full liturgy, and sometimes we have a, you know, the, uh, you know, the quick and easy, oh, yeah. easy Pass version of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something like that, you yeah, know. That's, I, that's my famous words. And um, you know, but but in general, we enjoy a meal together. Um, we, you know, we'll do some praise and worship. You know, sometimes my wife does the the congregational dance here at Beit Tehillah, and so she'll be practicing those songs, and so we'll be all dancing together in in the living room, or you know, I'll get out the guitar and we'll do some praise and worship that way. And the kids will get their little drums and they'll sing along and play along, and that can get a little out of hand sometimes. But oh yeah. But um, the point is, is that, man, what great time that is for us as a family. To There's the principle right there. Enjoy the Lord um, and enjoy His presence in our home. And, you know, when you say, uh, teach your children, um, more is caught than taught. We can tell our kids all day long, do this, don't do that. But the fact that we do the Sabbath in our home, I think, is a bigger testament and a bigger learning, you know, uh, object for our children than anything else ever could be. And, and you're making memories, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So there's no, there's no right way or wrong way. I'm mean, just saying that. You know, it, it actually says in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 8, uh, it's the fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. So that's Exodus chapter 20. Uh, act, actually, Exodus 19 is where he gave them the Torah, the marriage covenant. So we're going to move on now. We're going to do some great things here. Uh, we're going to check out. I'm going to go ahead and read this one. Uh, we're going to go into chapter 2 now, which is where we're at. And I'm going to read verses 5 and 6. It says, And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. Wow. So it never rained. The mist came from the ground, and that's how the vegetation was watered. This could be the first example of drip irrigation. That, and you know, it's interesting because it does say in, um, in what I think the second day, right? That he separated the waters from the waters. Right. So this is the water above, right? From the water below. So you have the water of the ocean. Right. But then you also have the water above, the mist that actually comes down, the dew, so to speak, and covers the ground. Yeah, it went up a mist from the earth. Yeah. So it's very interesting. Uh, moving on here, let's check out uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Wow. This is where we get a spirit, soul, and body. Remember, without God's spirit in us, without our spirit, we're nothing but a dirt ball. So it's Remember the breath that. of God, literally. We're just a dirt ball. You know, people don't realize that, you know, how many, how many skin cells are falling off of our bodies. And as we vacuum and sweep and do things, we're just uh, gathering up people. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, it's amazing. But we're made from the dust of the ground. And what does it say? And to the dust of the ground, you shall return. You shall return. I don't know if we get to that or not. You know what's even cooler about this? I want you to think about this. I don't, and maybe you've thought about this because you've been doing this for 20 years. But uh, isn't it cool that God spoke everything else into existence? But he came down here and with his own hands, he formed us. Right. And then breathed life into us. That's the us. first intimate verse man. of God and man. He breathed into his nostrils. Can you it's believe? like CPR. <laughs> I mean, really, think about it. Yeah, I'm trying like, to get over here and give you profound points. This is then... good. But you know, it also says in the Psalms, kiss the sun, yeah. lest he be angry with yeah, you. you yeah, know? Yeah. He's an intimate God. He is. Um, and man became a living soul. Uh, and then, of course, and the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. So wait, God personally planted the Garden of Eden for man? And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. Wow. There he put the man whom he had formed in the garden. He must really love us. Well, check this out. Then he goes, And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And of course, uh, verses 10 through 14 are the four rivers that intersect that are there in the garden. And as we keep moving, uh, check out verse 15, Ryan, if you want to read that. Uh, Exodus 2, verse 15, as we continue on about mankind and his role. Genesis 2, 15, right? Did I say 2, 15? You said Exodus. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in Exodus 2. <laughs> he says, I actually have it opened up here. Boom, look at that. I'm going back to Genesis. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Wow. Wow. And now, as we look at that, Adam was given three responsibilities. So gentlemen, men, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a male... You have three responsibilities. You are to dress the garden, which is to provide. Mm. Number two, keep the garden, which means to protect. Mm. Last but not least, you are to have dominion. Wow. Remember, you share that with your wife. In Genesis one twenty-eight. we are to have dominion over the earth and over the creatures and over the beasts and the plants and everything. And that's found, of course, in Genesis one twenty-eight, yep. and, of course, uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. So, gentlemen, that's, that's what your wife wants. She wants you to provide and protect, and she wants you to have dominion, okay? So, once again, we can see that right there in the scriptures, gentlemen. It's very important. Women need security. They need to feel secure, and it's your responsibility to do that. Now, it goes on to say here in uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. So the first commandment was go and multiply. And then, of course, to take care of the garden. Actually, Adam was a gardener. He yeah. was a horticulturist. Yep. And, and so with that, he says, listen, here are some trees. Do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, of course, we, there is a tree of life as well. So, so we've got to look at this and think about this. This is, this is kind of interesting. Uh, let's see here. What do I have here? Um, so once again, that's, that's something that he was not to do. And we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. But let's go ahead and uh, I would like for Ryan to read. Let's see here. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and uh, why don't you go ahead and read uh, Genesis chapter 2, uh, verses 19 and 20. All right. It says, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. 
and whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field, but for Adam there was not found a helpmeet for him. Wow, so Adam was naming all of the uh all of the creation. He yeah. was he was it says right here, he named them. And he discovered as he was naming these things that uh hey, there's not one like me. He didn't find a help meet for him. Yeah, we, you know? and we missed verse 18, didn't we? It says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be there alone. You go. I will make him a help meet. There you go. So then he shows him all That's the animals, right. and That's Adam's right. like, Wait a second, there's not one like me. Yeah, I haven't seen anything like me. Uh uh-uh. uh. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. He says, It's not good that man should be alone. Isn't that funny? Uh, but we it's got an interesting story coming. It's not good for man to be alone. We got an interesting story It's not good for man to be alone. It really know? isn't good for man. No, no, it's not. <laughs> Notice it doesn't say it's not, it's not okay for a woman to be alone. The woman can be alone. You know, but but the man... Of course, he, woman didn't even exist at that point. This so. is true. This is true. So let's continue on and read uh, chapter 2, verses 21. Go ahead and get, read verses 21 through 25. Let's give it to him. All right. So, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed." Wow. So, you know, it's interesting. Pastor Hector Gomez says that, of course, the woman uh, was created by taking a rib from the man. Uh, That's a picture of a king and queen walking side by side. Each one knows their role. My ribs just started to itch, kind of. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's the thing, you know, that's why us men, we're so crazy about women because uh, we're just trying to get that rib back. Yeah, baby. Thanks, Ryan. You're welcome. Yeah, that was... I may have heard your jokes a couple times here and there. Oh, yeah. And you're going to continue to hear them. And he, and he calls her woman. Woman. Yeah, well, that's God. Whoa. God was Whoa. like, woman. Yeah, it's that, that story about Woo. God where he says, whoa, man, what have I done? Whoa, right? whoa, man, what have I done? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. So that's that's really cool. Uh, I mean, think about it. You know, you're helping me. Here, here's the marriage, man and woman. God created them, male and female. So let's check out chapter three. Now we're going to have some drama. Uh, let's go ahead and check out, and we're just going to kind of break this down for you instead of reading it all, but just kind of break it down. Uh, basically Satan's three lies to Eve or to mankind. Here they are. Uh, first of all, number one, you will not die. You'll have immortality. If you eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge, good and evil, Yeah, right. you'll, you'll have immortality. You will not die. This is what the serpent's telling you. Oh, and by the way, Adam is with Eve when all this is going down, by the way, check this out. Your eye shall be opened if you eat this fruit of, of the knowledge of, of good and evil. You'll have enlightenment. Last but not least, you shall be as gods knowing good and evil. Yikes. Now, it's interesting because it says in Genesis 3, 6, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Now, can we carry this over in the New Testament? What is the battle, everyone? Here is the battle for each and every one of us. In Genesis 3, 6, once again, it's the temptation of Eve or mankind. Yep. Number one, the lust of the eyes. Oh, it looked good. The lust of the flesh. 
it tasted good. Mm. And three is the pride of life. Yikes. You know, pride comes before a fall. Now, as we look at 1 John 2.16, uh, John understood this, this whole garden incident. And he actually lays it out for us in the earth today that we're, we're witnessing. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. You know, you see so many people jockeying for position right now. Think about some of these countries that are, that are actually uh, led by a dictator, you know, a narcissist, uh, someone who's a legend in their own mind, a dictator, you know, no democracy, no liberty, you know, no justice, a dictator. I mean, think about it. Think about communism. You know, think about even North Korea, even Syria today with the civil war and thousands have lost their lives in this. But once again, this is a pattern not to follow. Uh, number one, lust of the eyes. The eyes are never satisfied. Proverbs 27, 20. Uh, number two, the lust of the flesh. There are 17 works of the flesh, Ryan, every day when you get up. Galatians 5, verses 19 to 21. And of course, what is the pride of life? It's your position in life, boasting or a braggart. Ooh. The pride of life, like I deserve this or I'm entitled to that. Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes we do that. And so once again, uh, it's, it's not good. It's not good. So think about it, everyone. Uh, even the Supreme Court, you know, uh, legalizing or making it law about same-sex marriage. Now, they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So basically, what does that mean, everyone? It means that the individual decides what is good and what is evil. Right. When God, when God has already established it, boy, that is scary. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, we have the tree of life, which is Yeshua. A picture of the tree of life is Yeshua. we got to eat from that tree. But God has already told us what is good and what is evil, right? Any, any thoughts on that? Um, no, I mean, I, I think that... Um, it's a revelation. Yeah, well, more than looking at it from a corporate standpoint or a national standpoint, because those are super easy uh, instances for us to point the finger at, the Supreme Court deciding what's good and evil for themselves instead of following what God has said. Um, many, 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 many times the governments of the world and the powers of the world have gone against the, God, the, the Word of God and chosen for themselves what's good and evil. And let's just say that it's never worked out, right? I mean, we can safely say it has never worked out. Doing things God's way works out every time. Doing things your own way, not so much. And that's the Torah. It's God's constitution. Well, it's it's God's teachings and instructions. It's loving instructions from a father. So uh, when we... But more important than looking at the big obvious things that are in corporate, because you know we're pointing the finger outside, is to point that finger back at ourselves and say, you know, where in my life... Am I deciding for myself what's good and what's evil, making excuses or justifying things in my life that shouldn't be there, um, and then asking for God's grace in those areas to, to work on them? Um, because choosing for yourself what's good and evil, you know, there's things in the Bible that when I read it, if in my flesh, I could say, oh, you know what, I could see how, you know, this could go this way, you know, if I was trying to decide for myself. But instead, I depend on the Word of God. I've made a conscious decision to say, you know what? Even if I could try to justify it to myself, I want to stick within the hedge of protection of God's word and say, you know what? That's I'm gonna, right. I want to go to the tree of life. not Because even if you're on yeah. the good side of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, say you're in one of the good branches, so to speak, you're still in the wrong tree. This is true. You know? There's you, no one that is good, no, not one. Well, exactly right. You know, there's no one that even seeks after God, no, no one. So once again, a judgment's going to be meted out by God. And, and, and once again, we have this order of judgment given. First, it's, it's to Satan, and then it's to Eve, and then it's to... 
to to Adam in oh, that yeah. order. We're not going to get into the judgment per se, but but the bottom line is that I know in Genesis three fifteen it says this, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Ooh. Now we know that this is very interesting because Yeshua is the head. We're the body. We're the body of Christ. He's the head of the body of Christ. Satan always wants to be the head, you know. But the thing is, what what comes out, Ryan, in this literal interpretation of the scriptures, seems to me that Satan has seed. And that's yeah. the mystery. It is the mystery. It's the mystery of iniquity. How does that you know, work? How does he reproduce himself? Well, he has a son of perdition. Mm-hmm. He's going to live vicariously through his son to be a king, even though he can't be. Right. And what's interesting is that the Antichrist is thrown in the lake of fire. Right. That's resolved. Boom. Oh, really? You want him to be king? He's thrown in the lake of fire when Yeshua comes back. This is incredible stuff, everybody. Well, and, and we need to understand this, what we're up against. And what? And, and so, obviously, the seed of the woman can be mankind, it, but uh, I think a more important interpretation of this is that the seed is Messiah. The seed, the seed is Yeshua. That's and, right, and the then, woman's seed. Right. And then notice how at the end here it says that, um, that it... That, it bru- his heel gets bruised, right? That's right. So literally, Yeshua's heel was bruised on the cross. That's um, right. Nails went through but, it. But not a bone was broken. But guess what? The very bruising of his heel, the very action that bruised his heel, was the very action that 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 caused the head of Satan to be crushed, because his judgment was sealed at that point. I mean, it's just, it's, it's fantastic the way God does things, man. It's just, the, what Satan thought he was going to be, you know, getting one over was ultimately his own demise, his own destruction. And this is what it's all about, because if he took one-third of the angels with him, there was a void. There was a void. And so God creates... The Homo sapien creates something in his own image, which is the coolest thing. Uh, and he is so jealous and so upset about that, uh, especially now. So once again, it's going to go on to say, and of course, in verse 20 of chapter 3 of Genesis, and Adam called his wife's name Eve. Hava. Because she was the mother of all living. That's right. Uh, verse 21, unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. Once again, going back to the story, yeah. when they were naked, they clothed themselves with fig leaves. Itchy. Okay, fig leaves. And of course, we know that God made coats of skins. Right. So something has to die, the shedding yeah. of blood. The the without sacrifice. the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. That's right. And so once again, he says, no, no, the fig leaves aren't going to cut it. No vegetation on your, on your body there. We're going to put coats of skins on you. Uh, because it's a principle. That's right. That's a spiritual law. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. It goes on to say in verse 24 of chapter 3, So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So they got kicked out from the east. You know, it's interesting. 600 miles, I believe, to, uh, to the east of Jerusalem is Babylon. Very interesting. It's Babylon versus Jerusalem even today, the city of peace versus the city of chaos and confusion. Once again, brothers and sisters, those listening, the choice is yours. Now we're going to get into chapter four about Cain and Abel, and Ryan's going to go ahead and read uh, verses one through three, give us a little intro to chapter four. We're cruising along right now. Yeah, we are. So it says, and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain. And said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. We're not going to get into all the details of this, but there's an interesting phrase here 
in the process of time. Yeah. Uh, literally, it means in the future. Right. So one of the things that, that's been brought out is that uh, Cain hesitated to bring his offering. Mm. He dilly-dallied around. You know what I mean? And so what happened is uh, we know that the blood sacrifice is 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 definitely proper. But the bottom line is that uh, he does receive agricultural uh, sacrifices or offerings. But the thing is, in the process of time, it came to pass. So he kind of dragged his feet and then did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so once again, that's that's something for all of us to learn. While you have the offering, give it. Don't sit on it, you know? Give yeah. it. Make it happen, you know? Uh, any thoughts on that? Um, I do have a thought on verse one here. Uh, you know, t- there's been some interesting conjectures that people have had over time where they try to infer some stuff onto the scriptures that the sin of Adam and Eve was actually sexual immorality. And, and it could be. To some right? degree, yeah. It, it could be. Something along those lines. But then they take that and then they move it forward to the, the assumption that Cain was the result of that immorality. Uh, when in fact, four one says right here, and Adam knew his wife, Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, which is self-explanatory. I think it's self-explanatory. No, that, that's a good point, Ryan. That's a good point. So once again, you know, now there's this rivalry between Cain and Abel, and here's you well, know. it would be really easy, right? I mean, think about it to say that hey, sin, you know, man, murder enters the world not because man has an evil inclination of our own, right, that we all have to deal with and suppress and choose God, but that because it was the seed of Satan that did it, right? Yeah, and many times you want to say, Satan made me do it. Or the influence. Mm, well, but... listening to... Who told you that you were naked? Remember that? Right, 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 right. Who told him that? Yeah, but that's... that's... See, that, I'll tell you, Ryan, I've gotten past those voices. I've, I've matured. I know when God is speaking to me, when he's not speaking to Interesting. me. Interesting. But some people aren't there yet. No. And I've talked with them, even at the mikvah pool. They're like hearing these bad voices. Yeah. They're hearing things that's not God. And it wears them down. Yeah, for you sure. you got to identify say, that's not God. No, it's not. You know, God thinks more highly of us than we do ourselves. So it goes on to say, and this is where God's going to speak to Cain. He says, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him, meaning the sin. You rule over it. You don't yeah. let it rule over you. Amen. He's trying to get on to him about this. He's trying to tell him, you know, because his offering wasn't accepted like Abel's was. Because yeah. he didn't follow protocol. Yeah. There's something along the lines here. It's kind of like Nadab and Abihu. Oh, yeah. Hey, you just didn't do it right. I want to correct you. You know, it's kind of like when my kids take out the trash or something. You know? huh. They take the trash can out to the road, but they didn't empty the trash in the house. Ooh. So what I'm saying is that, you know, you did a good job. Don't get me wrong. You took the trash out to the road, but you didn't take the trash out of every room. Yeah, let's get to the uh, that's next That's a good that little level. example, right? You know, now, I, yeah, go ahead. On, the, on my way uh, in here this morning, I was listening to the song, actually in the car. Uh, you've heard that song. It's, uh, I think it's Zach Williams' Fear is a liar. Oh, yeah. Man, and so what's interesting is that if you listen to the lyrics of that song, it goes through all of the accusations that the enemy, you know, and, and the, the spirit of fear gives to you, right? Right. That, that you're dirty, that you're not good enough, that, you know, uh, you're the one that, that grace can't save, right? That, that, you know, everyone else in the world, right, grace can save them, but you, you're the one that grace can't save. You know, all these these accusations that and the fear creeps into your mind that you tell yourself, and a lot of times people's actions reflect the belief that they've believed. Right? That's they didn't true. believe what God says about them and what what uh the work and the grace of god and what what jesus did on the cross for them they believe the voice of the enemy right and right. then that affects what they the way they because they are actually just acting out sin is the acting out piece right of it, you know and perfect love casts out fear every Amen. time it's perfect love that's fear, why love is so powerful fear is a liar fear is a liar so once again so cain is going to slay abel he'll be the first martyr in the book of genesis uh, and the Lord said unto Cain, Hey, where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? 
Bum, but bum, what bum. a saying. And then he lies. You know what goes along with that kind of saying? Oh, am I my brother? I would say, yes, you are. Yeah, boy, yeah. You know, like if, if I'm on the property, I see things that are unsafe. I say, hey, you got to cut that out, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's not my kid. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, it, we're a village here. We're a community. You know what I mean? We got to take care of one another. We got to, you know, and that's what I love it. You know, I need some eyes and ears out there, you know, in the community to protect us. So what's good? It's just the saying, you know. And I'll tell you one that goes along with that is, hey, they made their bed. Let them lay in it. Or I wash my hands of this. Or I wash my hands of yeah, that. Not good. Boy, that's pilot special. <laughs> so once again, Cain is marked and all these other things. And, and this stuff is going down, you know. Uh, and of course, in uh, Genesis chapter 4, verse 25, as we progressively move forward here. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son and called his name Seth. For God said, she hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. So there we go, chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4. And now we're going to get into chapter 5. Just going to kind of go over this. It says here that uh, this is the book of the generations of Adam in verse 1 of chapter 5. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Once again, he stresses this. So here's Adam's family record. Genesis chapter 5, verses 1 through 32. This is not going to take long at all, Ryan. This is going to be so cool how we just condense this down. So here we go. Adam's family record, 10 generations. Here we go. We have, of course, number one is Adam. Number two is Seth. Number three is Enos. Number four is Canaan. Number five is Mahalalil. Number six is Jared. Number seven is Enoch. Number eight is Methuselah. Number nine is Lamech. And number 10 is Noah. Now, what I find interesting about the names here uh, of the sons of Seth. Really? Because it's Adam and Seth. Now, before you get into the, the meanings, yes. um, what, but if you were to go back a couple verses and read the sons of Cain, you'll notice very, very similar names um, of the sons of Cain versus the sons of Seth. And I want you to notice just that for everything that God does and for everything that God has planned and put into the earth, the enemy creates a counterfeit. And so what happens is there's times where we think things uh, are either good or benign or special, or we try to say, hey, because the enemy has done this, then this must be bad within you know the practice of, of Christianity or the church or Hebrew roots or whatever, when in fact God creates a way, right? And the enemy copies it and then just twists it ever so slightly, trying to make you throw the baby out with the bathwater. So just a little interesting thought. Oh, I mean, this, these are the generations. That's that's the thing that I actually wrote uh on this particular uh, book of remembrance, Jensen's Old Testament survey, a key phrase is, these are the generations of, yeah. you know? And so uh, I find it interesting as well. Uh, and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. The first rapture right there. Think about mm-hmm. it. Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. So he's like the seventh generation. Now I want to give you the names uh, or the meaning of the names here uh, of Adam's family record. Uh, Adam means man, Seth means replaced, Enos means mortal, Canaan means sorrow, Mahalalil means God the blessed one, uh, Jared means shall come down, Enoch means teaching, Methuselah means his death shall bring, Lamech means the despairing, and Noah means rest. So if we put it all together, the 10 generation, it says this. Man replaced with mortal sorrow, God the blessed one, shall come down teaching. His death shall bring the despairing rest. 
Wow. You know, if they say, what's in a name? Well, there you ten. go. Like the 10 lost tribes. They're not lost. God knows where they're at. No. The number 10. Like a minion. Can you find 10 righteous men? You oh, know, he yeah. told Abraham, you know. Uh, and so once again, uh, 10 is a minion. Uh, we have the 10 days of all, you know. Uh, very, very interesting. Uh, so we're, of course, uh, here in uh, chapter 5. And we're going to get into, let's see here. Let's go ahead and... Uh, Let's check this out. So Noah was 500 years old, and Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth in verse 32 of chapter 5. Uh, once again, he's the 10th generation, Noah. And, uh, and of course, uh, we, can, we can see that being played out. So now we are officially in uh, chapter 6. So I'm going to have Ryan read uh, verses 1 through 8. That will, of course, conclude uh, the reading portion. But we're going to go ahead and check out uh, Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through eight yeah this is this chapter six this has got we'll a lot touch on this just a little it's bit it's got a lot in it so it says here it says and it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and the daughters were born unto them that the sons of god saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose and the lord said my spirit shall not always strive with man for that he is also that he also is flesh yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. And he repented the Lord, and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Wow. Check out these eight verses. You know, as we, we go into this, there's a lot of controversy. But the bottom line is that uh, the word giants is Nephilim. Uh, we look at the sons of God in verse four, came un unto the daughters of men. Uh, and they bear children to them. You know, this is an improper relationship, I would see, uh, fallen angels. Uh, there's a lot of debate over this. But if you ever want to kind of look into a resource that, that we really, um, really uh, enjoy and like is the fact of L.A. Marzulli. Check him out. Uh, he's got, you know, his whole life is about this. And it, it's fascinating. A fascinating thing. And see, it goes back, Ryan, to the, the seed of Satan. Yeah. That there will be enmity between the seeds. So there's a mystery of iniquity. Don't get me wrong. You know, how that how does that work? How come Satan has seed? Well, it says that there's enmity between the two seeds. So somehow Satan has seed. Right. So he has children. And, and I, we say, well, that's just the type and shadow or that's just, you know, a picture like the son of perdition yeah. and all of that. I mean, think about this, Ryan. A woman is going to carry the Antichrist in her womb. Right. I mean, you know, it's just I mean, you know, and, and the reason why I say that, Ryan, is because the enemy is a counterfeit of the true Godhead. And, and listen up, everybody. If you're arguing over the Trinity and the Godhead, stop it. Stop it right now. Because check this out. In the book of Revelation, you have the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. Yeah. Now, why would Satan want to have those three characters if there isn't a Godhead? Yeah. That makes you think. He's only going to imitate, you know, because imitation is the highest form of flattery. He's going to try to imitate the Godhead. 
And once again, Satan can't create anything, everyone. He cannot create anything. What's happening today in the earth and among the scientific field is they are manipulating DNA. Yeah. I mean, literally, it's public records. They, they are manipulating DNA. And if that's the case, man, the seed of Satan is easy to understand. Yeah, you know, you know, what, you know what's interesting about that, too, the three-part being, um, you know, spirit, soul, and body. Uh, every person is a spirit, soul, and body. That's a three-part being. And you, you mentioned, uh, what is it, the, the beast... The dragon, yeah, the dragon, and the, the beast, fa- and the false, and false prophet. prophet. Yeah. So that's another three-part part, part uh, being, right? But uh, I was talking to Bill Carter uh, from our congregation, and I've always heard the analogy of water, right? You know, how how what are the mechanics of of the Godhead? How does that work? Well, let me go ahead and preface this with: I don't know. I, I don't know how it works. Um, if you can figure out how in 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 John one that you know Yeshua is with God and was God all at the same time. Then, then you've got the answer to that question. But I will say this. Bill Carter brought up another analogy, other than the water, right, where you have all water, but you have uh, uh, ice, water, and vapor, right? right? They're all three water. So that's one way that we say it. But he mentioned an egg, right? You have the shell, the white, and the yolk. It's a three-part being. Hey. Right? And it's three distinct things. Write that down. But think about it. The shell is not the yolk, and the white is not the shell, right? Right? They're three distinct things, but they're an egg. Wow. So it just it praise t- God for the Godhead. I tell you, well, and praise God for the people Lord like, wills for people like Bill Carter who who helped me uh, understand. That's good. I never thought about that. Yeah, it was it was a pretty cool analogy. Um, I, I will still say this though, like even though that kind of makes sense and helps us understand, we still don't understand it, right? There's some things that we take on faith because guess what? The Word of God says it, and so we can say, yeah, they're separate, but they're together. But that He is God, but He's also with God. So, what about, here's an example. I love this one. When when Yeshua was coming out of the water in his baptism, yeah, his mikvah, yeah, right. The voice came from heaven. Here's the sun, and the dove came down. Right. Go figure. Boom. So it's the I'm three. So you have the Father, yeah, the Son, I mean, and the Holy Ghost. You know what? You know it's interesting. You know, even among the Arab the the Arab people or the Muslims, there's this uh, there's this saying that God has no son and begets no son. Right. They're really trying to push that and stress that. But I would like to share with everyone that's listening to this podcast, uh, Beit Tehillah believes in the Godhead. We believe that Jesus is God and God is Jesus. Jesus was 100% man. He's 100% God. Right. Now, listen, I don't have time to debate it. I don't want to argue with you right. because that's our faith. Sure. That's what we believe. Right. You can't undermine what we believe and what our faith is telling us, you know, and we just believe it. You right. know, and some people have a hard time with that. Well, and I think you know? the where they get a hard time is like, how do you, you, but you pray to the father in Jesus name, right? So they get confused with the mechanics of it. And look again, I, I don't, I, I'm not saying that I have a scientific explanation for you. I don't think that's how it works. God is pre-existent and so is Yeshua, right? So before time space began, which we can only even really understand time space, right? The time space continuum, however you want to work that in to your, to our P brains, right? Uh, God is before that. The first thing he creates is time, right? In the beginning. Boom. Bereshit. sheet. There's time. Time begins right then. So, that's right. We're leading up to this great mikvah on the earth. That's right. So um, anyway, I think it's probably enough about that topic. But um, Very interesting. It, it's very interesting, you know. You wonder why people do what they do sometimes. Well, and that's why we're you know? Christians with Torah, right? I mean, we believe in the foundational principles of of, Absolutely. of, of Christianity, right? The, the Godhead, uh, the the validity of the Bible. We just kind of bring in, hey, look, we put a little more emphasis on the Torah because we have half of our, our, our body of Christ saying that the Torah is done away with. And we're like, heck no, it's not done away with. You know how much value there is here in a the lot. Torah? 
And so that's why we, we, we were, you know, branding this Christians with Torah because, you know, the Hebrew roots has an interesting uh, connotation to it. And I think a lot of people run from that. And, and also within the Hebrew roots, there's even people that don't necessarily buy into the idea of Yeshua and God being one, right? So for us, we're Christians with Torah. That gives a very clear understanding. If somebody from the outside wants to know, hey, what do you believe? If I tell them I'm a Christian with Torah, I think that's, you know, even if they don't really understand what Torah is, they can Google it, right? And figure out, oh, okay, they're Christians. With Torah, and you know, and we can break it down for you. You know, this is a pheno- this is a phenomenon that's happening in the earth. You know, and once again, to build a strong community, raise up the next generation, you have to practice your faith in order to do that. I find yeah. it very interesting that a lot of evangelicals don't want to practice their faith through the Hebrews of the Christian faith movement. Yeah, you know, they want to continue Sundays and all these other things, which is fine. That's your free will. Sure, that's your faith. But like I said, but we, 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 Beit Tehila. We practice our faith through the Hebrews of the Christian faith, you know. And I find it interesting as we conclude uh, in Genesis 6, 8, it says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Once again, we can find grace in the Old Testament. We say the New Testament is grace and the Old Testament is law. Well, once again, we can find grace in the Old Testament. So excited things are happening, you know. Uh, Noah's going to build this ark. It's incredible, you know. I'm not really a handyman, so I really admire Noah <laughs> building a boat, which isn't even on a boat dock. There's I mean, no water were... around. It never rained. Think about it, right? Yeah. It never rained. He's asked to build this thing. On it's a, unbelievable. On dry land. On dry land. Yeah. I mean, that's faith. Yeah. He's got more faith than I do. I'll, I'll I mean, say that's this amazing. About you not being a handyman. I'll agree that you may not be a handyman, but... If you were given like a hundred something years to build an ark, I think you could figure it out over the course of the I would need a YouTube years. video too, because that's where you can find everything to fix or repair. And build an ark. So once again, uh, what an exciting time we're living in, you know? Yeah, hallelujah. And we are to be a light. We are to be a light to, to our community. Yeah. And so we are excited about what the Father's doing. And so I, I want to thank all of you for joining us for a third season we're going to have a lot of cool things going on here. Just keep listening, keep sharing, uh, give us your feedback, and I'm going to let Ryan close yeah. this out. And remember, we're not pointing the finger at others, telling them what they need to be doing. We're pointing the finger back at ourselves, saying, hey, we need to live this, we need to hold on to this, and uh, we need to grow uh, in the Lord by by doing His commandments. And I think that's um, what I would encourage anybody uh, that's listening to this to do. So uh, if you guys want to reach out to us, you can email me at ryan at twopraise.net, ryan, R-Y-A-N, at twopraise.net. Uh, you can reach out to the office at 813-654-2222. And if you want to live stream the services of Bait to Gila or connect with us on social media, uh, you can look up Bait to Gila, um, on, uh, on online through twopraise.net or, like I said, on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and, and all the like. So um, we love you guys. We're, we're very grateful to be able to do this for another year. Uh, we thank you for your support. God bless you guys. Have a great week.